0: else.
1: Okay, welcome back to another episode of Tandia Talks Money. Of course, I'm your lovely host Carla, and today we have a very 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 special guest with us. So, I'm going to introduce him because we go way back and I feel like we're like kindred spirits somehow. So I don't really know how we ended up marrying other people because we have more in common than our spouses do. And I can totally say that because our spouses know each other and we were both in each other's wedding parties. Uh, So this is my friend Vince. He is the CEO of Villa Italia Retirement Home. It is a retirement home based in the Hamilton community. And when I look for a podcast guest, we're looking to our community, members of our community, because after all, as a credit union, we look to foster the community around us. And we have a very interesting and maybe a little emotional and maybe a little like hit home for some people episode today. So, welcome, Vince.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Carla. And I agree. We could have been married yeah. and our spouses agree. So Yeah, that's cool.
1: it's yeah. true. They totally agree. <laughs> they
0: totally agree. Thanks so much for having me on today. Thank you. I appreciate
1: it. So maybe, Vince, you can start off by saying kind of like a little bit of your background, where your like, experience has led you, how you became CEO. He's a big, sure. big roller now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh, the title is bigger than the um, than the perception of, you know, that's just me being silly it's a big role it's a big title and i'm very honored to be in this in this role with bill italia and i mean i'm very happy to be here so i can tell you a little bit about my background and like how i came to be in in the industry um i studied business in school and um, jumped into a couple roles in, like a professional business world companies um i i always had a pull towards retirement living and i think it's just because i was so close with my grandparents and i i had this desire to be involved uh, in that capacity. And I, there was an opportunity at Chartwell retirement residences. And that was in 2016 I applied and the rest is history. Like I've been, my career has been on an ongoing trajectory and it's been, uh, it's been great. And it's so much so that I, I don't feel like I'm working. Like it's just such a passion for me that I love the industry. I love being in the senior sector. And uh, now I'm in home at Villa Italia, where my grandmother lived, where my wife's grandmother lived. So it feels great to be like in a full circle capacity of being the CEO for the company. And I love it. And it's been great.
1: I love that. And I think it's very interesting because, well, disclaimer, Vince and I are the same age. So we are we are part of the millennial demographic. <laughs> we may be like on the elder millennial side. However, our spouses are both older than us, so yeah. that's that's a win for us. But, you know, it brings us to our topic. So Vince being in this generation with us and in this role and has the capacity to really dive into kind of what we're here to talk about today. So we're going to dive into the deliciously complex world of this sandwich generation. Now, obviously, like, don't imagine a generation entirely made of delectable sandwiches. Let's clarify what that actually means. So the sandwich generation is, you know, we're that special group. We're that very special group of individuals who find themselves caught between, you know, the hefty responsibilities of supporting their children, caring for their children, but then also caring for their aging parents. And it's quite a balancing act. Like, would you not agree in what you kind of
0: experience on a daily basis, which you see? Absolutely. It's It's a balancing act.
1: Absolutely. And I think what's a really important concept that we're really trying to hit home with this whole season is like adulting is hard and we don't we don't really know what's coming ahead so how do we properly plan for that now and how do we make sure that when our parents get to the point where they're needing retirement living that we're not left kind of scrambling or not prepared because there's a lot of factors that go hand in hand with that so obviously like you're here to spice up this podcast a little bit and you know a thing or two about the retirement home industry and you've seen a lot of people and you've seen a lot of different experiences and we're hoping that after this podcast both Vince and myself are parting some knowledge to our community that you know there's there's resources out there there's people you can reach out to there's things that you could do now so that when you're in a situation and you need to plan For your parents aging, but you're still dealing with young kids or maybe kids going into post-secondary, wherever you may be in your life cycle, how do we make this as easiest of a transition for you? From your experience working in the retirement home industry, what kind of advice would you have for the sandwich generation?
0: Well, I, I would start off by always having an open conversation, like making the dialogue Of the future in regards to what the needs of your loved ones are going to be with your parents aging in place and they could that could be for another ten years from now but you need to have the conversations and open up that dialogue just so you understand how to prepare and what to do and that the individual that you're looking at your mom and dad they're part of the conversation if they're not part of the conversation they're not going to be receptive to any of the information that you're looking into and the sooner the better if you start to see that you're, the, you're stuck in the middle. You're raising your family. You're, you have a career. You've got a busy lifestyle. And then you also have to deal with, you know, did my mom and dad eat today? I didn't call them today. Are they, are they all right? Like, you know, having to deal with a lot of that worry is overwhelming for you as the individual. And it becomes a lot, right? So it's, you need peace of mind for yourself so that there's peace of mind for them. And I think just educating yourself even if you don't, if your parents might not be receptive to it, you need to educate yourself as to what options are available and how to plan and prepare so that when the time comes, you've already done your groundwork. And that eases the process. And I think, you know, we were just mentioning this earlier off Mm -hmm. uh, that the generations changes. So the sandwich generation today is very different than how it was previously, Mm -hmm. like the previous uh, era and decade and moving forward like our sandwich generation and 10 years from now it will be very different from what it looks like today so we just have to adapt in the times but always having an open conversation talking about it and removing any sort of negative stigma about what that what that can look like in preparing for personal home care or options and we're going like downsizing um, getting financially stable to prepare for the future you need to prepare yourself so it's all about having family conversations with your with your siblings as well Mm -hmm. because you might have a perspective perspective on something and hopes for your parents because you want to make sure that they're always comfortable and they might not even be old today and the whole concept would be you know disrespectful like why are you approaching me about this now Mm -hmm. i'm not old like i'm Mm -hmm. 65 like that's and you're not old but what's the plan for the next 10 years just so that you can help and and be involved so that's I would say that's the biggest thing, educating yourself and having open conversation.
1: I think that is point and like case as to why we do this whole podcast is educating yourself because life comes at you at different, different areas and different ways. And, you know, if you're not really educating yourself and you're caught with these surprises, you're kind of feeling left like you're left holding the bag and you're you don't know what to do. Right. And I Totally agree. I think today's generation is totally different. Although, like our parents may like, we had to like walk uphill like to get to school in like seven feet of snow. Like yes. I do, yes. I do find myself saying these things to my kids. Like I just said to them the other night that like you know my son was watching TV while eating dinner, but like holding it in on his lap at the table, and I, I like snap. I'm like, you can pause the TV. Like I had to deal with commercials. Like, you don't have to deal with commercials. You could just pause Netflix. Well, yeah. It's totally fine. Mm-hmm. So I think our generation is in a totally different era and a totally different mindset. You We did mention offline before we started is, you know, we're dual income families now. Like, so that is a huge kind of time constraint is, you know, we don't have the capacity to maybe always be checking in on our parents or, you know, you're kind of thinking like uh, Vincent and myself, we both have young kids ironically our youngest are five days apart that was kind of a surprise on both our ends but it worked out they'll be best friends for life um but you know we have younger kids so like to think about and stop and be like oh mom let's have a conversation about like you know where do you want to be in 10 years and where do you want to be living um is not really top of mind but i think as we are aging and our parents are aging it's important to really have that conversation and keeping our parents a part of it. Because, you know, sometimes we don't even have conversations about you know, their financial aspects, like what can they actually afford? Because the financial planning portion of it is so crucial mm. to, you know, are they going to need personal home care? Do they need to be in assisted living? Is there options for them? um Vince actually helped us out my family with my grandmother. She came out of surgery, and we didn't have the full capacity to be caring for her. And I didn't even know there was a respite care option. So I reached out to Vince, obviously. And he said, you know, like, look at this kind of option where they can come to a long term facility for X amount of time to get that specialized care that they need for the shorter period that they maybe need it for. But it's the potential healthcare things that you don't really think about that. Yes, we have a great ish healthcare system right now, um, where we're not having to pay out of pocket, but there are a lot of expenses that come with that after. So
0: very much. It can be very expensive and it depends on what the circumstances are. Mm-hmm. Um, I met with families where one mom is in long-term care, the other, uh, their father is, can't be living at home anymore. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, can they afford to be having one parent in the long-term care facility and one, Parent in a retirement home. And that was never the plan. The plan Mm -hmm. was they were going to age in place together. And that's what you want and hope for. But Mm -hmm. circumstantially, things come up and care needs changes. And, you know, ironically, I was, and I don't want my parents to hear this, um, (laughs) but I was with them recently and they're not old by any means. Like they're 67 years old. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at them and for the first time ever, I realized that they were aging. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't... Like, you know, you're always parent. your parents always look like parents to you, mm-hmm. but I started to recognize my grandparents mm-hmm. in them, mm-hmm. which freaked me out, mm-hmm. which made me realize things change so quickly. Like, we're living our lives. We're raising families. Mm-hmm. We've got children under the age of, like, eight. And, uh, you know, we're working on our careers and we've got our families to deal with and friends and our life. And we, of course, are involved with our parents. But then, If you take a moment to sit and look at your parents, Mm -hmm. it's um, it can be a culture shock because I didn't realize it till recently. Mm -hmm. And I've started having conversations with my dad. Like, what's the plan? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. will you always want to be in this house? Do you do you want to downsize? Uh, Those are big questions to Mm -hmm. know. Like, yes, I want to downsize. But what are you going to do? Like, are you downsizing because you want to financially get prepared? Like we Mm -hmm. need to bring in a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, immediately my mom did not want to talk about it. Mm shuts down. No, I don't want to talk about getting old. I'm not going anywhere. We're fine. We're going to be here for the next 20 years. And I, that's the hope. Yeah. But that's not the reality, right? So it's always good to even start baby stepping those conversations. And it's easy to find resources in the community mm-hmm. to find out how you can start having conversations, like even researching how to initiate a conversation with mm-hmm. your parents is research in itself. Yeah. And you can find that.
1: I think that is so key. We just recently went through the same experience with my my parents and same thing. My dad's 60, 68, my mom is 64, not old by any means, but you do see, I don't know if it's cuz I'm aging and I'm like you have a different perspective on life, but you know, you do see the change in them and you do see that, you know, there are things that will come down the line that you'll need to prepare for and I went out for dinner, like, a long time ago. I was probably, like, in my early 20s. And we went out with um, friends and, like, my aunt and her friends. And, like, there was a bunch of older women than me at the time. And one of the women said, because they were dealing with the same thing that we're mm-hmm. kind of in right now, is that sandwich generation and dealing with her mom and how she was aging. And there's a certain stubbornness that comes, like, as they age. And, like, it's a sense of loss of their independence and she made it will stick with me forever she said we need to be the ones that make the decision not our kids making it for us and it just stuck with me and it's so true and my mom my parents have just recently it's very emotional like to think that we're leaving our house that we've been in it for 29 years I mean, I've been out of it for a while, but it's still like, it's still, home. Your home. It's still, home. It's still your home, Um, but they're downsizing. And I think it is the best option for them. They're going to a bungalow. There is capability that if they don't, can't do stairs in X amount of years that they don't have to, Um, they're in a community where, you know, their grass will be cut, their snow will be removed. Perfect. And, you know, I have two younger brothers and we're like significant age difference and it's so funny because they're to have this open dialogue just about this downsizing is took it like an emotional strain like on our family right because you know everybody had a difference of opinions and you know my mom and dad wanted to do one thing my brothers like God bless them but they were like no it's fine like we'll cut your grass we'll do this but the likelihood is like they are starting young families they're getting married they have kids and and, you know, as much as you really want to be there for your parents and you want to be able to do those things, it's not always the case. So you need to know, like, is this something like, are, is a parent going to move in with you? Is that the plan? Is it that they need to go to a retirement facility? And like you said, there, there's things that arise that maybe you're not thinking is going to be the plan. So how do you adjust and pivot while keeping everybody emotionally stable because i think what causes more of the emotional strain is the lack of communication yeah. between siblings, between parents, people feel like they're losing their independence, they're for you're forcing them to do these things versus, you know, coming to the decision on your own and like you said baby baby steps. It's not, you know, you're not going to sit down and like have it solved in a matter of a night, but no. it takes a long time to process this and i think that's really i mean it seems like it's a far off thing for somebody Maybe. under 40 <laughs> yes. we're under 40 yeah, we are. okay um but you know this is a really crucial point i think in like our lives yeah. as like y- young adults we could yeah. say that still because we're under 40 <laughs> but um you know to think about these things because all of a sudden we're going to be like 40 something 50 something okay. and what do you do then how do you put all these things in place last
0: minute yeah It's overwhelming, Mm -hmm. no matter what. It's always gonna be overwhelming. And I think um, the purpose of having the conversation and starting the conversation and having an ongoing conversation, it doesn't have to be every single time you meet, but starting it and then having, like addressing the conversation organically through time, when situation comes up, it doesn't become such a culture shock that all of a sudden we're having a conversation that nobody's aware of or informed of. You've been engaging in this dialogue And supporting the narrative with your parents to be independent, to choose. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest Mm -hmm. thing. Because I see families every day, all the time. The ones that are having the conversations with their loved ones, they're more receptive to move and make a decision Mm -hmm. over those families that have never had the conversation Mm -hmm. because they are trying to deny that they need this information. Mm -hmm. And then they need to make the decision. Their parents are totally not receptive. Totally refusing. Mm -hmm. And then they come in and they make a move into retirement living, let's say, and they are not engaging because they are so upset Mm -hmm. that abruptly their life changed. Mm -hmm. So how can you prevent that? It's it's about addressing it together organically through time. Mm -hmm. That would be my suggestion. Yeah.
1: I think that's really key. I think that's really key and really important point to focus on. And like throughout, you know, the whole point of this podcast. In general, is like making money concepts relatable. But when you think of money concepts, money touches every single part of your life, right? Like whether you're going to get groceries, whether you're making a decision to stay home from work one day, maybe you're not going to get paid. Like money touches all aspects of your life. So how do we? It's funny you say like organically over time having these conversations and the difference between people who have had like open conversations and that they're receptive to it versus not. And we. On the finance side, see these all see these conversations all the time because for there's either the family that has very open conversation about where their finances are, what what is there, what needs to be done, what doesn't need to be done, is there debt that needs to be paid, is there money to fund a life of retirement? Do you have an RSP plan? Like so many financial concepts, and then there's the families that absolutely know nothing, and we get them and we cut they come in, and unfortunately, it's really sad because they're like. I don't know how we're going to pay for a funeral. I don't know where my parent has this. I don't know what other financial institutions that they deal with. So I think part of the open organic conversation is not only like what their idea of retirement living can be or what they plan to do, but also, you know, what, What can you actually realistically afford? And I think it's important, again, to have these conversations now and not to make our parents feel bad, but also like, you know, what what can we do now to set them up for success? So seeking out a financial advisor, seeking out an institution that you feel comfortable with going in and saying, hey this is what we got. This is what we would like to do. How do we get there? Because there's always an option to refine things, to rebudget, to reallocate funds and make sure that you're in kind of the best situation possible so that you can enjoy your retirement living. Like I, I say it all the time, like you, you work, we work, we work, we work, we work. Then when we retire and how many stories I'm sure you've heard that, you know, as soon as somebody retires, they get sick or they pass away or anything. So how do we make sure that we as a young family are enjoying ourselves and our lives without the financial, the future financial burden of aging parents, but also making sure that they're comfortable and that they can financially sustain themselves.
0: So yeah. that's a, the biggest element. Mm-hmm. You, everyone, you can make a decision. You can have a conversation. You can uh, decide the direction you want to move into. and then. If you don't have the financial understanding background to be able to support, then you're back at square one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, financials is such a dynamic and delicate subject, mm-hmm. a lot, especially with dynamic families. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen it so many times, so many scenarios where... Um, you know, there might be a power of attorney that knows everything Mm -hmm. and other siblings that know nothing. And there's Mm -hmm. a reason behind that. Mm -hmm. And then the conversation in regards to what the next steps are going to be becomes conflict because individuals don't want money being spent Mm -hmm. because they'd rather just deal with it in the moment and have the money saved so that when there is a loss, it's divided between families. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there are others that are saying, I don't care about the money. I want Mm -hmm. to make sure that my my mom is taken care of and lives Mm happily in healthy, healthy situation for the next 10 years and let her spend that money from mm-hmm. selling the home. So having a conversation about money, it can't just be done mm-hmm. within a family. You need the mediator from a financial institution to support the conversation and to Mm -hmm. support the breakdown as to what options are available so it's Mm -hmm. so critical and if you think that you can do it without it yeah then you're mistaken and also have a good time because usually it doesn't end well
1: no it's so true yeah it's so true it ends uh very poorly at the end of the day because we can definitely see the conflicts that it arises you know there's so there's so many things and like as we deal with all aspects of aging parents and young families, like we're really in a really crappy spot as the sandwich generation, because, you know, you're, there's so much that goes around it. Like there's animosity. And if you're not having open conversations and, you know, even like career impact that like, you know, maybe one sibling is taking all the appointments and moving it all. Like it's seeing how kind of like other families in in my career, seeing kind of what others have gone through, I have made it very clear to my brothers, I'm like, listen, when time comes, like, this is what's happening. Like you are being equally as responsible to take mom and dad to an appointment. Yes. And again, in my experience with like my husband's family and my family and like my aging grandmother, like there, it is easier when one person is the point of contact in terms of medical care or financial care. But, you know, come to an agreement together because, if not, and you don't have that support, you you're facing like challenges that you're not even, you you shouldn't even have to be dealing with because the dealing with the aging portion is enough. Like you don't need to add in all the emotional or career impact that it could have, or like self neglect or things that, you know, will impact us as the, the people who are the caregivers versus, you know, our aging parents, like they're not going to, they're not going to see that part. So how do we set ourselves up for success? Right. Yeah, so big Um, I think like, again, like Vince mentioned, like seeking out a financial uh mediator, a financial advisor, a financial institution, whomever you feel comfortable with. I joke that, you know, I'm your banking BFF, but find your banking BFF so you can have these mediated conversations. And sometimes I feel like it's like when, you know, like my mom told me all the time, like, save your money, save your paycheck. Like, I didn't listen to her. I didn't listen to her with my part-time job, but, you know, now, like if a stranger said you should save this amount, I'd be like, absolutely, you're right. So it's the same thing with our parents, Mindset. right? Like they're they're not going to listen to their kids because like, you know, yes. you're my child. I'm the adult. Yeah. But, you know, if Susie from the credit union says so, then yeah, she's right. Even That's though right. you may have been saying the same thing all along, right? So
0: it's human nature,
1: right? Yeah. It is. I like to say that I won't do this to my kids, but I probably will.
0: For sure. 100%. Well even my kids. They'll listen to, you know, a stranger over not a stranger, but they'll listen to yeah. somebody else and take the clear direction over when my wife and I give them like, No, we're not doing that. Absolutely. Right? But it's just with grandma and- no no like yeah oh sure yeah i'll I'll have soup
1: yeah i know my mom came home yesterday and my daughter ate um eggplant parm and like if i put that in front of her absolutely not she would have been like oh this is gross i'm I'm not eating it i know (laughs) i did tell her i'm like you should stop eating it because they're taking away from my portion. so but yeah i think you know the whole point of the the pod today is to really like let the younger the younger under 40s millennial demographic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, know that there are resources start thinking about it now you know some things that you can do to help put your best foot forward is like, you know, prioritize your own self-care, right? One of the fundamental steps for navigating the sandwich generation is to prioritize self-care. Recognize that taking care of yourself is not selfish, but it's essential for maintaining physical and mental health. Educate yourself, allocate time for yourself, rejuvenate, recharge. You can't spread yourself too thin because you're going to be you're going to be spent and you're of absolutely no support to anyone. Uh, Building yourself a support network. I think we've made that pretty clear today, but seeking support is crucial. Like establish a reliable support network within your family, friends, community resources, such as a retirement living space or, you know, a healthcare provider or a financial institution. Share the responsibilities with your siblings. Have the open dialogue. Don't I mean, if you don't have siblings, but like other family members, community members, there are tons of resources out there that are designed to help with this. You know, and I think we're we're feeling it because I think I, I don't know. Do you remember, like in school, I felt like we were scared that the boomer generation they're going to take all our resources. Do you remember people talking about that? uh, Vaguely, but yes. Yeah. Was that a Mandela moment where like that just happened in my world or not? Yes. Okay. But, you know, the boomer generation is a big generation. So they will put strain on our resources. So like seek out these support groups, these community organizations, these caregiver options. So that way you can kind of have um, a little bit of a plan in place. Uh, open communication, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, effective communication is key when juggling the needs of your children, aging parents. Facilitate the open and honest conversations with families, and like, like Vince said, have it happen organically over time. You are not going to solve this in one night. It's not going to be uh, you are going to have one conversation. And your parents are like, all right, let's go, let's pack our bags. Like that's not how that works, unfortunately, if it was only that easy. But it will help to kind of reduce potential conflicts and helps foster that supportive environment. Um, As always, I say it all the time, plan and organize. Developing a comprehensive care plan, financial plan will help Alleviate stress and provide structure. Again, coordinating with siblings, family members, create a schedule that accommodates. We have like great digital resources now. I set this up for my husband's family because, you know, we're dealing with my aging father in law and it's constantly like, who's going to take him to this appointment? So I'm like, guys, we're making a Google calendar and everyone can see this and everyone, you know, put in and it says, you know, Joel is picking up dad today so it makes it a little bit easier to manage and it's not again a burden on all on one person but like seeking professional assistance utilize available resources that are out there maintain yourself some boundaries and you know create yourself a comprehensive plan a financial plan know what the resources are um i really liked the point that vince mentioned you know even just starting with like, how do I create a plan? Like that's step one. It doesn't have to be overbearing. It doesn't have to be all done in one night. So how do we make sure that we like just initiate the process or at least give yourself that self-education. Yes. And lastly, like we say with everything else, practice self-compassion. It's crucial. Like It's essential in all aspects of your life, but recognize it's not possible to be perfect in every role. There will be hiccups. There will be things that happen. There will be the surprises. Um, I I say all the time, like, I would love to say that you're you're going to be financially set and there's never going to be another issue, but that's just not the way it works. So be kind to yourself, celebrate your small victories, step, step by step, create yourself a small achievable plan. And hopefully navigating like this life phase um will reduce some of the
0: stress i love that everything you just said is great because the bottom line is if you have children and you have parents that are aging and alive Mm -hmm. you will inevitably become Mm -hmm. the sandwich generation Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it was 20 years ago or Mm -hmm. today or in 20 years from now whoever Mm -hmm. you are you will be in this position Mm -hmm. so i think everything you just mentioned is awesome and it's so spot on and you need to i think at the end of the day you need to be able to be prepared and educate yourself to be able to educate your family and if you are unaware and uneducated with resources that are available but you're not you're not benefiting yourself Mm -hmm. to support so i think it's. Bottom line, you're, it's happening. Yeah. You're gonna get it's. You're gonna get there. Yeah. And when you get there, it's better to be better prepared than unprepared. So yeah, yeah.
1: it's true. And I think, like, ultimately. We're being, like, pretty good role models for our kids because, like, guys, they're going to be the ones that take care of us. So, you know, if we show them, like, look what we're doing for no no and Nonna or Grandma and Grandpa, Papa, whoever it is that you're caring for. um, It's fostering that, you know, oh, my mom and dad did this for my grandparents. Naturally, I'm going to do that for my parents. For sure. So I think we covered... Everything like we're pretty, we pretty, we nailed it, right? I feel Uh, good. I feel good. So thank you again so much for joining us. Your insights were so valuable. And I think it really broke down some stigmas and barriers that people face and think they're alone in this when really they're really not not. and you know we're all going through the same things and to all the listeners that are out there remember you are not alone together we can navigate the challenges of the sandwich generation adulting is hard but uh tandy has got you covered and we can help you achieve financial and emotional well-being so till next time this is great so please make sure you subscribe or share if you found valuable content today catch you soon
0: Thanks for tuning in. I don't know about you, but I feel smarter already. Remember, Tandia is here to help. If you found this podcast helpful, please let us know. Got feedback? Want to learn more? Just head to Tandia.com. Tandia, as unique as you.